Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Good evening, folks. Thanks for joining us. We are here today and we're going to be talking about something that's pretty cool. We're going to be talking about this whole thing of data and kind of machine stuff versus the people stuff and the not, not so much the emotional stuff, but the stuff that really makes us unique as as creatures here on the earth, the, the dynamics of creative creativity and innovation and leadership and all this kind of terrific stuff. So here we go. We are Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. I'm here with my partner, Rich Barron. I'm Michael Bailey. Let's jump into this right away. We talked a little bit about this before we got on the podcast here today, Rich, and we're looking at this some very interesting study that came out of pwc.com. They're kind of a consulting group, uh, HR group. It looks to me like they're really into, you know, what, what's it matter here? Uh, in terms of business, what really matters? What is it you're starting to see about what really matters here when it comes to business and people and all that whole mix? You know, this is a very interesting survey. And before we get too far into this, I want to say that this was a survey that was done by 1,379 CEOs globally, literally on every continent, Um, 79 79 countries. 79 countries. So this is a substantial survey. And it's it's interesting because the the primary focus on this is what are CEOs really looking for? What are they looking for in in in, in people? And you know, 77% of these surveyed say they are looking for a specific set of skills. So when, when we talk about these, we're not talking about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, which is something you think you would focus on because there really is no shortage of people out there that have these skills. Very talented, you know, very talented group of people coming out of school and, and wherever that have a lot of these skills. And surprising enough, it is the soft skills that are the most in demand. And it's, it's things that we talk about, Michael, it's problem solving, leadership, adaptability, creativity, and innovation are the skills that are the most sought after uh, skills. And here, ironically, they're the hardest skills to find in people now. It's almost as if they've been trained out of us. And that's an interesting notion. They've been trained out of us. What is the one thing that you remember when you went to school way back in elementary school? 
What were you taught about human beings? If you were taught the same things that I was taught, what makes human beings different than the rest of the animals on the earth? I remember it was their ability to adapt. They, the human beings had this tremendous ability. They had this bigger brain than any other animal out there. They had this ability to, let's get to it, problem solve, take a look at situations, figure out what's going on, make changes, be adaptable in that, also be able to bring together you know, a number of different kinds of people into some sort of group. So there's a sense of leadership, not just domination, like a wolf or an elephant or a lion or whatever it is. That's, that's kind of a domination. That's, that's not really leadership. The leadership has to sell people on a vision, on a possibility, put something together, some kind of plan, to really plan, problem, solve, all that kind of stuff, and then inspire the people to move forward. And so a part of that whole thing is I think we have been almost trained away from that because therein lies this real potential of in the problem solving, the leadership, and the adaptability is where innovation and creativity comes from. It does. So we've been almost like, don't be that way, be this way, go by the data instead of by your own natural instincts, your own natural intuitions, your own natural way of being as a human being. So in some ways, if you as if you as a leader are going, man, I wish my people were just more creative and more innovative. I wish they were on top of things, solving problems and getting things done and, you know, being able to adjust and adapt and so on. And just, you know, let's inspire each other and, you know, let's work together on this whole thing. If you're finding there's this disconnection in your organization with the people that you have, well, doggone it, maybe something's happened in our education system or our society where it's like, be, like it's being bred out of us or trained out of us or drained out of us. You know what I'm saying? We're kind of losing our humanity over to the robots, over to the computers, right? Absolutely. You know, software doesn't have a heart. It's not compassionate. But yet, there's been such a push for technology and business over the past, you know, decade plus, that we have come to rely so heavily on these programs or apps or whatever to give us the data to make it to help us make that decision. And in a lot of ways, we look at this data and say, well, there it is. There's the numbers. We got our, you know, we're, we're solved. We got our problem solved right there. But it, it doesn't take into account the human factor. Now, Michael, there's some things that we, we don't talk about or haven't talked about much. But both of us work with individuals and half for years that are looking for employment. Yeah. And one of the biggest things about, you know, this compassion and this adaptability and this, this ability to create be creative and innovative, we've seen how many of these individuals, and we've worked with hundreds of them, yep. that become so discouraged because they send their resumes out and nothing. It's it's crickets. Or they get an automated message back that says, sorry, you're not what we're looking for. Well, what's happening is these 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 bots, these apps, these the software is weeding out these resumes based on a set of, of criteria or this looking for the right words in there or the right phrases. And so a lot of these people never get a chance to talk to a human being. And on the, on the flip side, these people are missing out on so much good talent and people with heart and people with ability 
to do the job simply because they're relying on software to, to, to collect the data for them. What's interesting about that is if you really stand back and look at the emergence of the internet, yes. right? What they did was they take the they took the same ideas and principles of search engine optimization. Now that's cool if you're looking for information, right? Yeah. But it's search engine optimization. <laughs> you have seen it there. It's not human being optimization. It's not organizational or company optimization. It's the machine. It's the mach it's the way the machines themselves work. And you're working according to the way the machines work, forgetting how human beings work. And if you actually go back further than when the internet really blasted off, it was <laughs> it's kind of funny, one another the truth. When you really take a look at what the internet was in a lot of ways, it was it was just a bunch of university professors talking to each other and just sending messages and different papers that they'd written out all over the place. It was, again, information that they were, and that's why you could look it up and find these different reports and all that kind of stuff out there. It had nothing freaking to do with human beings. Nothing. Nothing at all. And so now we're taking this idea of information and the information age, which if you remember back in the 80s, I don't know if you were young enough to remember it. We're going into the information age now, right? Oh, yeah. going the industrial age and the information age, and we are really progressing. And so in that process of information and searching for information and optimizing search engines and so on, somewhere along the way, the human being and the human being quotient got dropped out of the whole thing. Let me, let me read to you some. This is really interesting. Do you ever read any Isaac Asimov? Yes. Oh, yes. Do you remember his, 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 his uh, books on, robot, on robots? Ro yes. Good stuff. Good. Great. Great. Wonderful storytelling. I'm going to go back here. Let's, three laws of, of robotics, okay? Now, let's see how well they kind of match up, you know? Uh, number one, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. It kind of goes back to this whole thing about, you know, the medical profession, do no harm. You know, I'm kind of wondering if, if we're setting up the robots to be looking for people out there, but they're actually missing the real deal here. Of course, they're being programmed and understand all that. You know, they're not only hurting the human beings that could come in and fulfill those jobs, but they're hurting the organizations. Interesting way. Number two, a robot must obey the orders given by by human beings. Well, okay, there's that programming issue, except which where such uh, orders would conflict with the first law. See, there's something going on here. I mean, I think, and I kind of think what I'm interested in is this. What I'm interested in is... Are we are we being run by the data? Are we being run by the data rather than us running the data? If we're letting the data determine what it is that we do, we're, we're missing on a huge opportunity in how we are working with other people, how we can connect with other people. So, I mean, you take a look at these. How do we connect with people that are great problem solvers, Rich? How do we connect with people that really have leadership abilities and skills? The ability just to be, again, adaptable, basic human being instinct, basic human being capability, and then creative and innovative. What do you, what do you, what do you think about this? So what are your thoughts about the stuff that we're talking about here and how we're, we're it's almost as if we've been programmed, like I said, and we're now intentionally, maybe innocently, missing it. And I just want to point out, we got a great comment that came up uh, from Diane, and she says, and now we are in the AI phase. Yeah, absolutely. 
little well, scary. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, when you talk about the ability to work with somebody and to solve problems with somebody and to be adaptable in a team environment, which they call those soft skills. But in reality, those are the hardest, some of the hardest skills to do, to build, to, you know, to, to get together with somebody, come to consensus with them, with them over a problem implement that solution and and work forward or to be a leader leadership being a leader the soft skills now it's interesting what with this survey 77% of all CEOs are saying these this is the skills i want and if you look at and there's 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 actually a uh, a quadrant here where the lowest skills being looking for out of these 77 uh, CEOs out of matter of fact, out of these what 1,379 CEOs globally, STEM skills and digital skills are the lowest on on the poll. They are the least, you know, common skills that they are really looking for. Because they, they have plenty of those. There's plenty of those. There's no shortage of those. There's no shortage of people with these skills. The skills are the hardest to find in people now is the soft skills, you know, and, we, and so what do we do about that? How do you obtain the type of skills that these people are looking for when they're the hardest skills to find? Well, two things, two things. I think it's a great question, Rich. Number one, leaders, you have to look at yourself because you're the one who's setting the tone in so many ways about what your company is all about and how you're going to go out there and do things. You're the one it starts with. The other part of it is, is what from that, then how do you create the culture that you're now your company works in? If you are this individual that, you know, creates, it's more about the data. It's more about these STEM skills. And now you're starting to realize, holy smokes, what I really want is more of these softer skills. What are you going to do about it? Because the fact of the matter is, if, you, if you're valuing the STEM skills, that now you're finding yourself in a dearth of being able to find these soft skills, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to be the person that's going out there and communicating in a different way with the people that you're looking to hire, to bring into the organization. Maybe visiting with your executive team, maybe visiting with your HR team, saying, this is what it is we've got to change up. I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you, those people are out there. They are out there yes they don't work so much by the data quotient now that's an interesting thing they don't work according to the data quotient they work in a whole different way well gee but we gotta hire people and you know this is just the way we work well that's what i'm talking about you gotta change your way to think what you think about how you approach these things you've got to get out of your own freaking little box you yourself have got to become a more innovative creative individual You've got a high problem solve at a higher level than you are presently. You've got to become more adaptable and you've got to be you've got to change yourself as a leader in order to you know attract those people, set up the situation that they will come and they'll, they'll you can find them and then you can interview them and not base it all on you know the STEM. The STEM stuff's good, STEM skills are good. Well, absolutely. There's you can't make a cake, you can't make a beautiful cake with just flour and eggs. 
you know, to, you need a whole bunch of different ingredients to make that happen. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So Absolutely. it starts with leaders. And, you know, for these people out here that are looking for employment or looking for to, to move up the ladder in their companies, these soft skills are the ones to look at. Um, and how do you grow those? How are you going to grow those soft skills when they're the most in demand? Um, I, I'm going to back up a little bit. It's interesting. Have you seen some of these uh, self uh, uh, when you're doing your own review? OK, you, you can do your self review uh, for your yearly or merit increase. And a lot of these you're going to go through and you're going to check the boxes. Well, did I do good here? Did I do good there? You know, one through five, I'm going to give myself a number. And then I'm going to develop my own individual development plan. Okay. I'm going to develop my plan and I'm going to check. Well, I'm going to go through. I think I'm just going to check the communication box. Or I think I'm going to check the, the adaptability box. Well, how do you know? I'm going to ask you a legitimate question. How do you know truly that is the development plan you need to do for yourself? Now. When you develop these soft skills, these soft skills we're talking about, problem solving, leadership, adaptability, creativity, innovation. I'm going to tell you right now the best way, and you can find this in dozens of articles, dozens of Corn Ferry, Harvard Business Review, name it, is executive coaching. Coaching. Coaching helps you de develop these soft skills that you're going to need to be recruitable. Not only that, you're going to be the guys they're looking for. And it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter how much uh, you know about the STEM skills, because that's important. Absolutely. You've got to have those that technology. You've got to have that ability behind you. But you've also got to sharpen the saw, if you will, with these soft skills. You do. And, and to get there, to get there, you are in a very interesting box of limitation by, by the way diane thanks so much for your contributions here tonight thank you so yep. much shout out yep. to you um and the fact of the matter is we're all biased we're all prejudiced you can't get away from it it's like the studies they have about putting somebody in the forest and they say okay just walk straight for an hour all we're going to have you do is walk straight for an hour we are all prejudiced we're all biased they found the people that were right-handed even though they thought they were sure that they were going straight, they were they would start eventually veering off to the right. Same thing with left-handers; they start veering off to the left. Sometimes those the circles that they were making was as small as two hundred feet. <laughs> so we we have a, a bias about things that we don't even recognize, and that's why what it is that we can bring you here is let's take some look. Let's take a look at some uh, assessments. Let's get some real data. Let's get some real inside about what's going on with you about how it is that you work then from the data we don't just run it by the data like i was saying before we use that data to help you craft put together create your yes. particular direction of training and coaching as to what you want to develop and where it is that you want to go it's that human equation you can't even the best personality assessments even as good as they are, you you read that and you go, yeah, that's me a lot of the time. Then that's nah, not so much this, and you know I don't know about that at all. And this all this kind of stuff that goes on. And so, 
But if you have somebody there that's a, that's really an expert in reading the stuff and understanding what it's saying, then helping to help you work it. I, there's so many times I'll say something to somebody real quick, and we're going to uh, wrap it up here in just a few minutes. I say, you know, I can see, what about this quality here? What do you think about this quality here? And I'm already seeing it in them, right? They go, eh, I don't think so, so much. Okay. And so then we'll go have longer talk. And if not, I'm telling you, Rich, I'm telling you, five minutes later, they will do the very thing that they said they weren't doing. Oh, we saw that first, the, the most memorable one we saw firsthand about this individual that, you know, his his personality said, you know, basically pointed out that he was had the ability to be a little bit uh, defensive, if you will. And pointing that out to him and he was like, no, that's not me. That's not me. And all I'm of a sudden, on the phone now. Yeah. And, yeah. And <laughs> suddenly, suddenly someone lit that fuse and, you know, however that worked. And he went off like a Roman candle. Now, yeah, you know, backing him up was a little bit of a trick, you know. And then he realized what he had done. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's not me, you know. And and so that's the, the big part of this. These assessments are designed to help you know where your starting point is. And to understand that starting point, to see that you've got to be, you've got to, you know, there's a certain amount of humility, vulnerability, courage to really look at the inside. And find these strengths and gaps so we can help you find. And like you said, help craft an individual leadership development plan. Yeah. When, you when it says individual, that's it's, it's for you. It's not for the class setting where we're going to show a PowerPoint and get yeah. you all excited. And four days later, you never see us again. And, you know, that's not what this is about. Exactly. When you take a look at these four skills that are so wanting and they're the, the battle to get them into an organization, ask yourself this simple question, problem solving. Where do you learn problem solving? Leadership, where do you learn leadership? Adaptability, where do you learn being able to be adaptable? Uh, creativity and innovation, where do you learn how to do those things and then refine them? I'll tell you what it is. Every single time, it's from another human being. Human beings teach these very skills, these soft skills, to each other and how to improve them to bring out those talents in you. You cannot do it with a book off the shelf. You cannot do it with a, with a course off the shelf. These are the very essence of what we talked about in the beginning of this. These are the very essence of what it means to be a human being. And if that's the case, then only another human being or other human beings can teach you that. Huh. Yes. That's a that's a that's a tough concept to swallow. It is. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It, it costs for a lot of honesty and humility and yeah. to step out of the box. Okay, so let's wrap this up, Rich. Let's uh, take it home. Hopefully, uh, you folks watching tonight, you got a little bit something new, a little bit different spin about what your organization and, and you may need to start making some changes about to rise up and become the best leader you can become and the best organization you can lead your people to. So, Rich, take us home here. All righty. Um, once again, we have come to the end of another fantastically fun episode of Executive Leaders Act ILEC. And I always learn something from these, uh, and I hope you do. Um, again, look us up executiveleadersactilec.com. 
come talk to us. Let's talk about these skills. Let's talk about how you can develop these soft skills that's going to make you one of those people that those CEOs are looking for to help them build their organization. And so, again, who are we shouting out to tonight, Michael? Well, Ronnie just jumped on with us, and that's great. I love it, Ronnie, when you come and join us. People, let's do a shout-out for the people that you're that are in Miami, the folks out there in Miami, Florida. Shout-out to you. Thanks for supporting us, watching us, pass, downloading our stuff, and taking a look and sharing. We appreciate that a whole bunch. So thanks so much, Miami. Miami, yes. Have a great night, Miami, and everybody else, wherever you are. Um, be safe. Uh, be healthy. Take care and take care of each other. And we'll see you again next time. All the best, folks. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.